Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another terrific episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to talk about a lot of mistakes we can often make as unschoolers, and really homeschoolers in general. Um, we're not going to get through all of it today. I'm going to have to break this in at least uh, two episodes because <laughs> I, I looked at all, all my mistakes and I said, oh, I make a lot of them. Uh, so we're going to cover a lot of, the, a lot of those mistakes. Um, and it's, it's at least two episodes. So we'll see, uh, two to three episodes on mistakes. So this is uh, episode number one about mistakes. Let's dive in. Today we're talking about common mistakes we make when we are unschooling our children and even mistakes that we make when we're homeschooling our children, just in general. I am not a master of unschooling. I'm not a master of homeschooling. I am just someone who's been doing this for a number of years with my children, but it's my first time and I'm making a lot of mistakes. And part of the reason why I had this podcast is so I can talk about this stuff. And hopefully you can learn a little bit quicker and easier because of it. I know there's a lot of people that I've benefited from uh, with talking with them, learning from them, reading their books, uh, watching their videos, listening to their podcasts. And uh, I know it's, it's really helped me out. So sometimes... When we put things in, this is what you should do. It's it's easy to understand and put into practice. Other times it's like, what shouldn't you do? And then it's easier to put it into practice. And this is one of those episodes where we're going to talk about what you shouldn't do if you're trying to unschool your kid or children, all of your children. <laughs> all right, first, let's dive into some foundations here. So we uh, first first mistake we often make is we miss the point of unschooling. We try and mimic traditional school uh, and it overlooks everything that we're trying to do with unschooling, uh, such as a pers personalized learning. And we can do this even when we're trying to do regular homeschooling or schooling at home. We, we, we create a whole bunch of stress. It limits everything you're trying to do because you're throttling it. You're, they're, they're, not having, they're not having fun, you're not having fun, and everybody just gets stressed out. So if you're an unschooler, of course, you're going to totally, you're trying to stay away from this. This is actually what you're rejecting, is pressuring your kids to do schoolwork, as opposed to just diving into education. Another mistake we can often make is overscheduling. And this is what I'm calling the trap of a crowded day. We pack the day with too many structured activities and it limits the flexibility and freedom that homeschooling and unschooling offers. I really appreciate the flexibility that I have when I uh, have my children homeschooling. And this approach to scheduling yourself out too much leads to burnout for both you and the children and it stifles that natural curiosity 
that I think we're all trying to chase, and therefore learning does not happen when you do that, or at least it's limited at the very least. So stay a little bit more free, uh, have some things in there, but leave a lot of flexibility. Remember when we unschool, we're trying to allow the natural curiosity to pop up. We want to expose our children to different ideas, strategies, thoughts, uh, all, all the different things to, to generate more questions. And that's, that's really the whole unschooling philosophy is following that uh, interest. And it's self-directed by the child. So packing the day too much might inhibit that natural curiosity in learning. Next, and this is one I suffer from quite often, is lack of patience and flex- flexibility. We have a rigidity problem. If you're too rigid in expectations or daily schedules, it can lead to frustration and discourage that uh, learning process, period. So if you aren't flexible, not just you're over scheduled, but like you're just not flexible. You have an idea in your head on how this day is going to go, even if you don't have it um, in your calendar. This can inhibit that natural learning plot process as well. We're going to stifle creativity. We're going to stifle curiosity, all this stuff. Flexibility allows for adjustments based on the child's needs, interests, and pace, fostering a more enjoyable and effective learning environment. And I think that the flexibility is really what we're chasing when we're unschooling. At least personally, that's what I chase. I know flexibility is huge to me. I love having a flexible environment, but then I tend to get really rigid and it's just oscillating back and forth. So anytime I'm too rigid, I try to, I try to become more flexible and then I realize we're too flexible and there's not enough stuff uh, we're doing on a regular basis. And then we go a little more rigid and it's just kind of like bouncing back and forth. At least that's been my experience. Next is skipping self-care for parents. This is the burnout. Everyone always tells you if you're a homeschooler, oh my gosh, I don't know how you can do it. It's not for me, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I could never be that patient with my children, all that stuff. And the truth is it's hard. It's incredibly hard. Neglecting personal time and self-care can lead to parental burnout, negatively impacting the homeschooling environment, and family dynamics. So investing in personal well-being is crucial for maintaining the energy and positivity needed to support the child's education. Uh, That was a mouthful. Uh, You got to take care of yourself. And this is one I struggle with because, uh, you know, it's hard to find help. Now, we can get help sometimes, but it doesn't necessarily support the goals of uh, of our unschooling, like just dropping them off at a relative's house, right? And they just watch TV all day. And us as intentional unschoolers are really pursuing objectives, right? Like learning objectives. Like we want to prepare them for life or we want them to understand uh, math and uh, have a you know a holistic education, understand health, all these things, and sitting in front of a TV, in front of a TV, watching Little House on the Prairie, and uh, gosh, what are the other shows that are on the like dot channels, like five dot one and all those different five dash one or whatever they call it. Man, when I remember when I was uh, homeschooled and unschooled, I was uh, I watched a lot of Little House on the Prairie and Highway to Heaven and. 
um gosh anything that was on rerun i love lucy anything that was super cheap and super old that's what we watched you know this doesn't support your child's education uh, however there's some good learning lessons in some of those shows that i mentioned but in general we're, we're we're trying to pursue something else and of course there's that time that we can definitely allocate to it and it's okay to have some of that but obviously that's not all we want to do um so sometimes turning on the tv is like that break for the parents and i would just caution you to use that strategically uh, when the tv goes on it's something providing value to your children outside of hours designated otherwise that's really how we try and use it but when we drop our kids off at relatives we really have no say over what happens uh at least too strictly if you know what i mean like we can say please don't let them watch our rated movies but we can't say you can't watch tv while the kids are over kind of thing so anyways take care of yourself next we're going to talk about learning approaches and environments and mistakes we make around that the first is ignoring child-led learning. We suppress the intrinsic motivation. We're the type A parent that's really directing and we start pointing at things we want them to learn and we really, really, really want them to learn it and we pressure them. <laughs> and what happens is, is we suppress their interest, they become reliant on us and this is the exact, the exact opposite thing we want to have happen. We want self-reliant children. We're trying to raise little adults and create learning opportunities. And when we're too overbearing and directing and type A and whatever else you want to call it, we're, we're not allowing children to explore their interests and passions. And that can dampen their love for learning and self-discovery. And that's the last thing we want. Uh, may as well send, send them to school. At least you know it's going to be, they're going to be covering certain topics. I don't know. If you, if you kill their drive to learn, it's kind of a lost cause. That's why it's one of the primary things in unschooling you have to do is allow them to follow the curiosity, let it be self-driven. Child-led learning fosters a sense of responsibility and enhances an engagement by aligning education with the child's natural curiosities. So we want child-led learning. Follow your curios curiosity. Next, underestimating the value of play. This is the next mistake. We learn through exploration. That's how we as adults learn. That's how we learned as a kid. And allowing us to follow that curiosity and play around with it. That, you know, that play is like one of the best, it's one of the best teachers, if not the best teachers we have. That's how children learn. Adults are less likely to play with something to learn it. However, if you're able to maintain that through adulthood, I think it is the best way to learn personally. At least I, I, I'm... I would love to know another way better than playing with something and just learning the insides and outs of it. View playing as a, viewing play as a distraction rather than as an educational tool can prevent children from developing critical thinking and problem solving skills, which I think are critical in the future. Play is a funda um, fundamental aspect of learning that encourages creativity and practical understanding of concepts. I remember when I was a child, I the, when I got a toy, or something like an electronic device. I was really prone to electronics and technology. And when I'd get a, let's say, uh, uh, a new, I forget what you call them, like boombox or whatever whatever that is, a speaker system, 
something that plays music, you know, radio, CD, whatever it was uh, when I got it. I would read the manual and then just start uh, playing around too. Turn things on, turn it off, see what it, see what it does. Open up the manual. Oh, read read about it. See how they define it. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And I'm just playing around with it, and I would absorb it like crazy. And I knew it, the the stuff inside and out within a night. And my parents were always surprised by that. But I'm just thinking, this is the simplest thing I could do is just play around with it and then try and reinforce that with reading what it says in the manual. So I really actually know what it says. Um, and I attribute a lot of that like mindset to any of a lot of my successes anytime when it takes uh, a little bit of critical thinking, a little bit of thought. Uh, problem solving, it's something that I'm good at because I got to know everything that I'm working with and moving these things around in my head and understanding these concepts and connecting things that don't seem to be naturally connected uh, became one of my strong suits because of this play. Next mistake we often make is neglecting social and emotional learning because it's not just about academics. It's one of the reasons we unschool is because we understand it's more holistic that we're developing an entire person, not just a STEM student or whatever you're going after. Uh, we, focusing solely on academic achievements without fostering social skills and emotional intelligence can hinder their development, their holistic development. Homeschooling and unschooling specifically offers a unique opportunity to, opportunity to integrate life skills, empathy, and interpersonal relationships into daily learning. And as we're unschooling with this, with this approach, or with this uh, target, you know, emotional and social learning. Um, it creates a bunch of opportunities to grow and build on these concepts. And then you're alongside with them to help them connect the dots between things that might not be so apparent to them. And we do this with academics quite a bit as unschoolers, um, at least as intentional unschoolers maybe homeschoolers, but I don't think that happens in public schooling. And uh, I don't think that it's, I shouldn't say I don't think. I can think, I, I know in my personal experience, we can miss this quite a bit, but it's become quite a focus for us because we really, that's one of the reasons we have them around is to help them become very well-rounded in that respect, not just academics, but emotional and social as well. Next mistake we often make when we're unschooling, when we're homeschooling is dismissing the importance of a learning environment because we think, or because, because space matters. I know when I have a cluttered desk, when I have a cluttered room, it really inhibits my productivity and Overlooking the significance of creating a designated learning space that's clean and free of distractions hinders the learning process. Did I say that right? Yes, it hinders the learning process. A dedicated space that helps in setting a routine, minimizing distractions, and promotes an environment conducive to learning is very important. This is something that we have yet to figure out. We live in a very small place. It's less than 1,200 square feet with three children. 
and it's it's been very difficult because we utilize all the space we have now i've been able to free up some of it and it's enough space okay i'm just making excuses here it's enough space to be able to do it um but i i set up these dedicated spaces and they always seem to get cluttered and filled with stuff that's not supposed to be there and kitchen table is always a mess. I'm sure you guys understand, <laughs> but you know, common mistake, we got to watch out for it, you know, throw out the mail that doesn't need to be on the table and put away any papers you're going to save from the mail. It's my best advice. I have a designated spot off the kitchen table or uh, dining room table for mail. <laughs> next, uh, let's talk about ne- the next part. The next segment is the, uh, Educational content and skills and the mistakes we make within that. So mistake number one is overlooking physical activity. Minds need movement, especially younger minds. I don't want to de-emphasize the importance of this for everybody, but I think, and this is just my own, this is my own personal theory. Okay. I'm not saying this is true, but. I think that a lot of little boys are diagnosed with ADHD who really just need to run around and expend a lot of energy, maybe roughhouse a little bit in the morning, and then they can sit down and focus. I think that little boys want to be little boys. I'm not saying girls don't need this too, but it's I mean, expecting a a kid, you know, eight, nine, ten years old to just sit for seven hours a day is kind of ridiculous. Plus the bus, plus homework, all this stuff. It's like, like, I would get antsy too. I remember being that age and I wanted to run around. I wanted to ride my bike. I wanted to do a bunch of stuff. Neglecting to incorporate physical activity into homeschool routine can affect children's health, concentration, and overall well-being. That's what I believe. And I think little boys especially need to get this energy out. Regular physical activity boosts boosts cognitive function in everybody, mood in everybody, and energy levels in everybody, contributing to a more effective learning. So if uh, you really want them to be able to focus on something, have them run around for a bit. Make sure they get out a lot of energy before you do anything that's going to require a lot of attention. And I think you're going to get different results. Um, if you were ever having a problem, um, it's not the solution to everything, but maybe the solution for some also getting them involved in sports and stuff like that, you know, is another way to get that energy out. And, uh, we got our kids in basketball right now, at least the two boys, my daughter's too young for yet so far. Um, but they got to get outside every day and practice dribbling and running around and doing all that stuff. So good things happen when you get your kids moving. Uh, Next mistake is ignoring the importance of creativity because imagination fuels learning. Neglecting creative subjects such as art, music, and writing can stifle a child's imagination and emotional expression. So encouraging creativity through diverse activities can enhance problem-solving skills and provide a well-rounded education. I think that STEM is incredibly important. I really do. And if you're not familiar with STEM, uh, let's see if I can remember. It's 
science, technology, oh gosh, uh, I forget what the E is, and then mathematics, engineering and mathematics. Someone will correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure. Focusing on these things is very, very beneficial. I think that's one of the, you know, huge benefits to sending your kids to school is you're able to get them into some kind of program that allows us for this to happen by doing it by force to me is, is where I oppose, uh, all incredibly important things. But what makes us human is art, music, um, expression, you know, in writing or something. Uh, I think it leads to that creativity that is uniquely human. I mean, computers don't listen to music. Dogs don't listen to music. Creating this is, uh, just any kind of a expression of art, I think, is what separates us from from robots, from from animals. And uh, I believe it's going to be very important in the future. Uh, and I know some of you are going to say, "Well, you know, computers can generate art, but they can't appreciate art." And that's really where it stems from. They're just mimicking, like AI, it just mimics what we have. So it all stems from us. It's a it's a reflection of what we think is beautiful. And it just finds what we think is beautiful and creates something out of that. You know, of what we've created and makes something unique. But it uh, is similar to what we've created in the past. So um, in order to interact, you know, prepare our kids for the future to be able to interact with machines that do this, type of thing it's going to create in order to create something completely new it's going to come from us as far as i can see it so that creativity is going to be very very important uh next mistake we make is overemphasis on technology we're losing the human touch and isn't that what it's about <laughs> connecting with our kids having that human touch that personal touch with them Relying too heavily on technology for education can distract from hands-on learning experiences, critical thinking, and interpersonal skills development. So balancing tech-based learning with interactive real-world experiences ensures a well-rounded education. I think that we unschool and we spend that time with, that time with our kids, at least I do, if you're an intentional unschooler, we, we are doing that because we want to give that personalized touch. We want to answer those questions. We want to teach them, give them an understanding of the world. I, I like to, um, when, when there's something that could have two opposing views, right? Like you watch, uh, you know, here in the United States, we have, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some news stations, uh, CNN and Fox News. You know, they're going to report those two, like the same story, two completely different ways and who's right well i want to prepare my kids for filtering that out through in their head and you know like we you know in in the states we have uh you know vote yes on issue one and issue two and issue three my kids often ask about what these issues are so we talk about it and we talk about the pros and we talk about the cons you know, people who are for it say this. People who are against it say this. We often use the language that uh, the people who are pro for something use, and we often use the language uh, that the con uses too, the people who are against it. 
because I think that uh, trying to sway your kids one way or the other, although it can be disguised as trying to point them in the right direction, I think it became, creates sheep. And if we're trying to unschool and create real humans with minds who can analyze things, problem solve, really break things down, we want to teach them how to think and break things down and hold, hold two opposing ideas in their head at once and be able to sort through it. I think that's what makes a mature person. And I think it's something that's lacking quite a bit today, especially in the United States at this point, uh, where people can hear opposing ideas and rationally talk about them. You know, it's the same thing you learn in debate, although I never took debate. You really want to come up with the pro and the con, even if you don't believe, whether you believe in it or whatever you're arguing for or against, it is irrelevant. You you can hold these two opposing ideas and, and see it through the eyes of someone who would be for or against it and then speak to it. I think that's very, 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 very helpful. And honestly, for a democracy, it, it, it is uh, integral, I believe. Otherwise, you just have sheep, people who are just following whatever they're told because they're not thinking about it themselves. Because in order to think about something, you actually need to have two opposing ideas in your head and sort through it and not just write one idea off. You're led otherwise. I'm surprised how many people, you know, watch one news station and just go, well, that's the truth. I, I don't think you can do that. Yeah, there's better sources than others and everything. But one of the best things I've ever done with my own, with my own life and this has helped me make, prevent me, this has prevented me from making a ton of mistakes. And that's when I am dead set on something, I think it's the best thing in the world. I think it's accurate. It's truth. It's right. I look for someone who completely disagrees with me. And when I find someone who completely, you know, sometimes when you go to them and you ask, you question someone uh, who completely disagrees with you, why they think you're attacking them because that's what they're used to but someone who's genuinely curious about why they believe what they believe and how they got there. And you got to find someone who's smart, who can, who actually has thought it through, right? And they, they genuinely, genuinely believe it. And then you have to be genuinely curious and go to that person and ask them and then be open to the idea of changing your mind. Uh, you would be surprised how many things you get wrong. Or at least you'll have a... a how do I say it? You will be, if you're able to find someone who completely disagrees with you or at least find an opinion, maybe it's on the internet, something who completely disagrees with you on something, uh, you'll find yourself either feeling like you're making more of a right decision in what you believe or evolving what you currently believe. And that's incredibly important. We cannot stay static. Nothing there are few exceptions in this world that are static, okay? And my opinion is not one of them. Even though I, I uh, have a have a hard time sometimes, find find opposing views. I think this is important to teach our children. You know, this little tangent where I'm going with this is, you need to teach your kids both sides, right? That's the human touch. I had a difficult conversation with my children 
and I know some of you are pro, some of you are con. Uh, we had an issue. It was uh, in Ohio. It was issue, I believe, one, and it was about abortion. And my kids wanted to know about it, and that's that's the issue we talked about. And I had to put things in the words of the people who are pro, and put it put it in the con and people who are against issue one. You know, this is the pro life, pro choice argument here in the United States and answer a lot of tough questions and i told them what i believe and why i believe it but i did not make up their mind for them and i think a lot of us parents are guilty of making up our minds for our children and they lose that critical thinking this can be your personalized touch because i think when you send your kids to school they're getting in an agenda it it can't happen otherwise the school promotes or censors. That's what they do. It's been that way throughout history. Any school's done it. They teach you the way they want things to be said, the, the, the lens of history that they want to promote, right or wrong. That's an agenda, right? Now some, you could argue, it's a good agenda. They're great, That's, I'm, I'm for that agenda. But, you, but, but life is more complicated than that, and you guys know that. Think about how many times your opinion has evolved. Anyways, I could I could make an entire podcast about this one, entire uh, yeah, whole entire podcast. Uh, but I'll stop there. Teach them how to be critical thinkers, holding two opposing ideas in their head at once, and being able to reason through that is critical and articulate it especially. Uh, Last one we're going to talk about today, and uh, we'll save the rest for the next episode. Or more. Gosh, we got a lot. Is overlooking the importance of critical thinking and problem solving. Now, I got ahead of myself and kind of went into what I was going to say in this one with this last point, that human touch one. But focusing focusing exclusively on memorization, Rote memorization and standardized tests can neglect the development of critical thinking and problem solving. When we just teach our children to you know what to think, they don't critically think. They don't problem solve at all. We want them. We want to back up and allow them to make decisions on their own. We want to encourage debate, experimentation, questioning uh, can help children learn how to think, not just what to think. I've said enough about that, so I think I will end there. But, uh, you know, well, let me make one more point because uh, a lot of you are going to think that memorization is just incredibly important. And I would argue that memorization is not really, it has diminished in importance exponentially in my lifetime. I think there was a time in order to effectively move through something in a reasonable time you had to have some things memorized. But I don't think it's that's the case anymore. I Google Google uh, constants when I'm uh, doing a math equation. I don't need to memorize it anymore. I don't need to know Planck's constant. Not that I do that one all the time, but you know what I mean. Um, I, I think memorization is a thing of the past when we can just look it up, as long as we have good sources. And that will be possibly challenging in the future, but... Um, creativity, imagination, 
is the strong suit of the future as far as I can see. Memorization is a thing of the past. Therefore, standardized testing is kind of pointless. I know they're trying to just prove that learning's happened, but it's a horrible predictor for actual learning. Kids forget the stuff the next day. Who cares? Doesn't mean they're more successful at all. Good grades don't mean better success, more success. So I really don't care about testing personally. I just want them to develop and learn to be a functional member of society, to uh, be open to others, to you know, be peacemakers, to... Um, live their life to the fullest to help others be a light in this world and um you know all the things that go along with practically doing being living life to be able to do that i don't want them to have headaches along the way and spending all their energy on working because they never got their finances together or they never got uh or they're constantly angry because they never got their emotional maturity um or lonely because they never learned how to socialize with anyone but people of their own age. And once they got on, on into the real world, they didn't know how to act. I just want healthy adults who are going to carry on my legacy. And that will therefore be an extension of their legacy. And it was an extension of my father's legacy and his grandfather's legacy. And all our forefathers before that. Really think about what you're doing. That's really the, the, the point of this episode is think about what you're doing. Make an intentional decision. Don't just react, okay? And uh, when you make a mistake, it's fine. Correct. Try not to make the same mistake twice. And move on. Uh, all right. With that, I think I'm going to end today's episode. Uh, the next one's going to cover uh, some more more mistakes that we make. <laughs> um, hopefully, we make it through all of the mistakes that I've listed, and I'm sure there's there's going to be some that I add to this list as I brew on this. Let my brain percolate on some of the ideas. Um, but. You know, that's for the next episode. All right. So with that, I'm going to end. Uh, so stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message, and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.